All right, it's time for Lithium, and I'm here with a very special guest, the lovely and talented Erin New. Hello. And you can find her on Twitter at E-R-U-N-E-U-V, what? It's (laughs) U-E-V-O. Wait, what? E-R-U-N-U-E-U-E-V-O. V-O. So you can find her on there, and I'll say it one more time, it's at... At E-R-U-N-U-E-V-O. At E-R-U-N-U-E-V-O. I will not even try to pronounce that Twitter name. Because it's like my name combined with running, combined with the fact that my last name is Nuevo in Spanish. Right. So it's E-R-U-N-U-E-V-O. So anyway, we're going to talk about lithium. And it was um, another one of their videos, often never mind, and it was a... uh, it was a collage of their crazy live performances. I didn't think the video was actually anything special, but it was cool. Like I prefer videos that are that are about the song, that have the story of the song with yeah. them. What yeah, you, that's true. What'd you think of the video? Um, I thought it was fun just because I like seeing them perform because I'm a big fan of theirs and I never got to see them perform. But other than that, yeah, because the song is kind of like, what are you actually singing about? So it would have been nice to have a little insight, you know. Yeah, and things. Aaron's a little younger than me, so she she when you found out about Nirvana, what when you were like how old? Well, when Nevermind came out, he died when I was in fifth grade. Yeah, but I didn't really get into them until I was in high school. I feel so old. But it was a little after the fact, you know. Yeah, yeah. What do you remember hearing of them? Yeah, I think that there were a couple people that I knew that were into them, and I wasn't like in that world yet. Yeah. Well, you were young. Yeah, I was yeah, like ten. Jeez. So. Yeah. What were your, what were your first memories about them? Um. Well, when I first heard them when I was young, I was just like, I don't know. It just wasn't the kind of music I was listening to at the time. So I was like, oh, that's a different kind of person. That's not. Yeah. But then when I like revisited it, like as a like oh a very mature whatever fourteen year old, um, I was like, this is awesome. And we yeah. used to like sit around my house, like sit around my dining room table, like five of us, and listen to the rec- like listen to their records over and over and over again. It was really fun, but yeah. And then you played Everclear, Sparkle and Fade, and the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. Am I correct? Um. Well, the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack was like a different time. I think we were. It was like later that we were listening to that. Mm. I don't remember what year that movie came out. Right, that was like 96. Okay, maybe. Really? I thought it came out later than that. No, I think it was around 96. Hopefully I'm not wrong and I'll get humiliated. No, that was when I was in junior high, I think. Yeah. So that was before I really hit like Nirvana hard mm. as far as my listening pleasures. Well, speaking of hitting Nirvana hard, I guess it's time we actually talk about the song. Yeah. Instead of digressing. But I, I remember going through the lyrics and... It just seems like there's a bunch of contradictions in the lyrics. So he says something bad, but then everything seems to to be okay. Um, the ones that stood out for me is, uh, uh, that's okay, I found my friends, they're in his head. So he doesn't really have any friends because they're the friends in his head. So it sounds like he's lonely, so he has to, have, he has to make friends in his head, but he's happy he has something. So it's maybe his imagination... It's just going wild and overcompensating for something. What do you get when you... Um, I any lyrics like, stand out to you? Um, yeah, I feel like it was... A, the, the majority of the song seemed to be like... Um, you know, his life isn't great. Like, things are kind of crappy, but he's putting up a good front of happiness. And, mm-hmm. like, he's getting by. He's yeah. able to, like, deal with it and kind of 
internalize any pain and like externally seem like everything's all like happy yeah. or whatever. You know? Yes, we all have our masks that we put on. Exactly. In life. So um, I guess it eventually caught up to him though. Unfortunately, because yeah. or else he'd still be alive to accept his Rock and Roll Hall of Fame award. And I just I'm so curious is if he would be happy that that it was around or be like the Sex Pistols and be like we're not accepting this. This is this is ridiculous. So I think I have a feeling he he would be happy. Yeah, he'd be down with it. I, I'd like to think he would. Because as much as he didn't want to be part of the machine and like sell out and everything, he also did have stuff on MTV and he also he yeah. also he kind of accepted. When when Nirvana when Nirvana was first on the cover of Rolling Stone, Cobain had a T-shirt on that said "Corporate mags still suck." Oh, that's so, cute. So you're saying how much a corporate magazine sucks on the magazine? On the actual magazine. Yeah. So uh, irony. This was irony before the hipsters. <laughs> so, um, but and also getting back to the lyrics, what stood out, what also stood out to me was that Sunday morning is every day. And um, this is we're, – we're recording this Sunday. It's Sunday afternoon. But Sunday morning being every day must be awesome because for those of us who have jobs and Aaron and I both have jobs or go to school or subscribe to the – whether we like it or not, the Monday through Friday 9 to 5 ordeal, which Aaron kind of does and, and, I, and I definitely do, um, Sunday mornings are really nice. Yeah. This, this was a great Sunday morning because you know what I did this morning? I woke up early and I watched TV, and, <laughs> and that's like and that's like heaven. I didn't have to be anywhere. Yeah. I didn't have any responsibilities. I um, I would personally love Sunday morning to be every day. Yeah. So, so what what did you think of that that lyric? I've never really thought about it before, to be honest with you. Me neither. Until I heard it again. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a very. Um, like a liberating period of time where you're just like, ah, oh, I didn't have to be anywhere last night or yesterday. I didn't have to be, I don't have to be anywhere today. But although, mm-hmm. you know, by Sunday afternoon, I start to get like, oh, the week is starting, anxiety. Yeah. Oh my God, I have to do so many things, blah, blah, blah. But like, Sunday morning is kind of chill. Yeah. And so then, that's nice. And you can sleep as late as you want. Yeah. Like I slept, but I got up when I wanted to and it was early and I didn't have any alarm to, to wake me up. So it's, it's definitely quite liberating. Yeah. So, um, and the, the lyrics seem, the lyrics as a whole, they just seem so random and they don't really seem to make that much sense. But at the same time, I know exactly how he feels and what he means when he sings them and, and how he sings them. Yeah. I always felt like, wow, this song is so relatable, but wait, what is he talking about? Yeah. What is, you know, exactly. Like I remember listening to it being like, this all makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's so weird. Although the only thing I always had a problem with um, was I wasn't sure if he was saying I'm not going to crack or I'm not coming back. And it was ah. always a big debate about, amongst my friends. And we would look it up and, like, different websites would say different things for the lyrics. Yeah. So we never knew what he was saying. And it was so annoying. See, back in my day when we didn't really have the internet when this album came out, the internet didn't really exist. I think it was it was in some other form, but it wasn't available yeah. for mass consumption. I'm looking at the CD booklet right now. My phone is actually on top of it. And opening the CD booklet... There are, you can hear it, there are lyrics in the CD booklet, but it's just fragments right, of, lyrics exactly. of different songs. So I remember when I first opened this, I'm going, what the hell does this mean? Not knowing it was the lyrics yet. So I'm pretty sure it's I'm not going to crack. For yeah. I'm almost positive it is. But um, yeah, we didn't have the internet to, I didn't have the internet to yeah. look on when, um, when this was out. So I was just 
scouring these lyrics and just like, oh, okay, I get it, but damn, why couldn't there be the, why couldn't there be the lyrics for all the lyrics for all the songs on yeah. it? Instead, they just had bits and pieces of it, which I wish they would just have the lyrics. Right. Because the best part that I have when listening to music is sometimes I misinterpret the lyrics. And then when I go back and actually read the lyrics, once I know the song really well, yeah. I go, oh my god, that's what he was saying. Exactly. I thought he was saying this. Yeah. Yep. That's true. So, um, and then uh, talking about the way he sang it, the way he sang it was, like, especially listening to it on headphones, was it's a very comforting whisper almost, at least the beginning before it gets heavy right. of the lyrics. And then even when he screamed, it was still almost like a comforting whisper yeah. in a way. Right, it wasn't. It's not abrasive at all. It's very like a mild scream, if that's possible. Yeah, yeah, and um, so I think. And then Nirvana also used, I, I, for all intents and purposes, I call it the Led Zeppelin model: the the light and shade of it. So you start out light, and then you get heavy, and then you go to light again. So yeah. it's, if you listen to something like Stairway to Heaven. Or, well, Stairway to Heaven starts off light and then gets heavy, but it's, say, a song like What Is and What Should Never Be and Ramble On. It goes light, then heavy, and then back to light, and then heavy. So it makes the lighter parts sound light and the heavier parts sound heavy. And Nirvana kind of, Nirvana did use this, um, that light and shade effect, um, very, very well on this song. That's one of my favorite parts of the song, actually, is the fact that it does that. Yeah. Because it it makes the the harder parts much more satisfying. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want to say they're orgasmic, but, like, you get, like, more of a rush out of it yeah. when it comes from, like, the light and then the heavy and the light and the heavy. Yeah. And you said this was your favorite song. On the, did you say um, it was your favorite song? No, I never said that, but oh, it's it No, on, on the album. On the album. Um, I don't remember, to be honest. Let me see here. I think it's one of them. Like, I think yeah. my top three. I think this one, Smells Like Team Spirit, and maybe In Bloom. Yeah. Are my three favorite on this. Looking at the inside picture of them, they all have to be high out of their I know. Their look, at, look at Dave Grohl's smile. Yeah, that's yeah. so funny. That's, that's a marijuana-induced <clears throat> smile. They smoked a lot of weed. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, um, so I think the, the moral of this song, at least what I got out of it, was, uh, so even when there's everything going wrong, he's still okay with everything, and everything's gonna be alright. He's not gonna crack. He's not gonna crack. But he did. Yeah. Oh, the irony. So don't internalize... The moral of the story, don't internalize your pain. Go to therapy. Let it out. Or find somebody to talk to. We're going to let it out right now, Uh and we're going to leave. So, um, we'll talk to you soon. And don't forget, follow Erin on Twitter, at E... Fuck. E-R-U-N-U-E-V-O. So I'm going to try to pronounce it, E-R-U-N-U-E-V-O. Yeah. All right. All right. Right on. Bye. Bye.